Of course, greetings to all the nations, all our families and friends. Of course, you know, it's always a privilege to speak to the family, to speak to our friends, tune in from all across the globe and the nations. And in case you're coming across this broadcast for the first time, my name is Pastor Obi, Pastor Toby Jr. And I lead the Wealth Family along with the Movement Church. I'm eager for us to get into the Word tonight and I hope not to take your time. I won't take your time. But today we're, we're speaking on a topic titled, This Government. I think my joy is, and I, of course I always say this, I do hope that you guys that are here in the studio, you preach with me. Of course I can see everyone on, Pastor Dami, our senior pastor, greetings to you everyone that is tuned in if i've missed your name of course you know that's not intentional um it's just that it's going through quickly of course pastor kate good to have you on as well and everyone that is tuned in but let me get into this so i don't take too much of your time it's with great joy when we start to realize that we're growing in the knowledge or understanding of the things that pastor toby has been speaking to us for years now I think the joy we find is that God constantly is opening up the word to us. We can see and measure our growth. Um, and that's something you must determine to look closely into your own life if you're growing in the understanding of what is being said. Because until you understand what is being said, you cannot begin to put it to practice. It will only be a hit and miss don't you know that's what the religious um, um, houses or churches that we're coming from, you do know that's their problem. That they do not truly know. They are void and missing understanding. And because of that, they beat around the bush of God's desires, never fulfilling them. So it's with great joy, and I repeat this, where we begin to see and look we are still growing in the understanding of the things that pastor toby has been teaching us our father and global pastor of this house of course we're still growing but i want it to be that when i look back i can say that i have grown my understanding or my comprehension levels has grown compared to what it was last week Last year is too far because the number or the weight or the power at which the word comes, we want to be able to see growth weekly. And the first place I want to see and measure my growth is with the word. Finances will follow after. Increase in numbers will follow after. But what we must be particular about is how we are growing with the word. So for me, I'm, I'm happy and that's how I feel to open up tonight's service. The joy in growing and the knowledge of what is being shared with us. And why this is important is because I feel it enables us to address, um, what would I call this now? Frequently asked questions. You know, there's a lot of questions around religion. Um... And when we hear the words that we've been hearing, it allows us to address these questions. A man that does not desire to know or does not will to know will never know. Meaning that there cannot be questions that I'm asking out of ignorance. 
I cannot ask questions arrogantly. For example, the world today asks questions like, if God truly exists, why does things like so, so, and so happen? These are questions, good questions to ask, but answers will only be given to the right heart. Some of these questions that people ask is not to the end of knowing. It's only to criticize. You, you do know when you get into arguments or discussions with mainly unbelievers or, um, you know, the Christians that no longer go to church, but they want to argue everything that you do. They don't ask these questions with a goal of understanding. That's why even when you try to voice out a sensible answer, before you can deliver your case, they've already have a blocked mind to what you can say to them. Because these questions are not asked out of a pure heart. But for us, as we grow in the knowledge of the words that we're hearing from Pastor Toby, we start to realize a thing. That the questions that has been hidden in our hearts, that maybe we have not had the answers to, or we have not dared to voice, we can begin to address them. Again, so that I don't make a long case of this, questions like if God truly exists or if God reigns or if God rules or if God is in power, why then can there be a shooting in a certain school? Where was the God that can change or apprehend the shooter? And that's not my business to speak about, but the question still lies. If God is as good as we as Christians proclaim him to be, why does these things still happen? Why is it we go to Ireland? We went to Ireland. Why is it that we go there and we meet problems that transcend generations? These are not problems that just arose in the last five years. These are problems that have been in Ireland, been in all kinds of nations for generations. We realize that these are generational problems. But if there is a God, because when you know somewhere like Ireland, it's highly religious. They believe in Christ. I'm just using this as an example. They believe in Christ, but the problem remains to be the same. Didn't change with generations. It just, it was made more modern. So why does these things exist if we say that God is good? If God truly reigns and rules, why does these things exist? And those are questions that I feel that we're in the position to answer to our souls first you know this broadcast is mainly to the family but i cannot be the one that declares who's family or not there are people listening from across the globe now that is as much family as the people seated here in the studio we are united by the word so i want us to look into scriptures as we speak about this government why are we in a better position now? And I believe that these questions that we can now address puts us in a position, puts us in a better position, a position of power. You see, this position of power, we are able not only to address these questions, but we are, to, we are in the position to know who we are now. You know, this sounds simple, what I'm saying to you, but hear me. Because of these questions that we now have the faith to address, we can now know truly who we are. 
You know, years I've been saying that we are actually meant to evolve to be in a very governmental church. These were declarations without understanding, yet they were declarations. And we stayed under the position of leadership, of the leadership of Pastor Toby. And we grew in the understanding of the things we declared years ago when we started to say we'll take Europe. We did not know what it means to take Europe. We did not know what we were going to be confronted with. Yet it was a declaration that being under leadership we were given substance to understand so now we can grow and understand a bit more who we are but not only who we are but what is expected of us as the church the church cannot just be us gathering within four walls speaking sweating shouting to one another it's to a goal it's to a cause it's to a form to a certain end so there's something that we're meant to take away from these moments with a pastor toby or these moments with a pastor sam or a pastor obi or all the leaders there's a there's something we're meant to take out of this and may, maybe i should remind you of the great commission that the only reason why christ gathered 12 or 11 to himself was with the soul was with the intention to send them out so where is God's mind the people where is God's mind where is it found where is it at the world so God does not gather you here to make you feel good of yourselves but to thoroughly equip you for a work so I'm growing to understand who we are and PT has said this to us often he has said this, that the more you know yourself, when you know who you are, that's when you start to function in power. We know who we are, but not only that, we know what is expected of us, to whom much is given, much is required. So we must first, like I was saying, measure the word we're hearing. And we must ask ourselves, when we hear PT speaking, is this a lot? Is this much being trusted to us? It's only to tell you and I that much is required. So I want us to look at the first scripture. Proverbs chapter 29. We've been treating this scripture for a while. I want us to look at this scripture. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you this evening. So that we will understand why we do campaigns like soul winning. Or raising of finances. And also in this word. I realize the way I speak the word. It's who I am. Also in this word, God has to warn us so that we do not shift or drift off like others who came before us did. But we'll see in scriptures. Start from verse 1, it's fine. NKJV. Go on. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed. Yeah. And that without remedy. And that without remedy, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority. When the righteous are in authority, what happens? The people rejoice. The people rejoice. So even if there's a God, if there's not a people in power, the wishes, the wishes of God will not be fulfilled. I thought again about God's wish list. That if we were to look into God's wish list at the top, above everything else preferred above everything else is the fact that he said i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper god actually wishes above everything above your relationship above how you feel he wishes for your prosperity because he knows that if a person prospers all other things will fall in line properly 
God's not concerned about your healing as much as he's concerned about your prosperity. God is concerned about if the people are rejoicing or groaning. But imagine that even God's wishes and if we agree that God is of the greatest form or symbolizes the greatest form of power, even that power being wishful cannot guarantee your prosperity. Did you understand what I've just said to you? Did you hear what I've just said to you? God being the greatest or the most powerful, even if he wishes, it does not guarantee your prosperity. It's still a wishful thought. Wishful thoughts does not bring about your prosperity. So if I wake up and I feel discontented with my current situation, if I wish alone, it will not bring me prosperity. If I talk alone, it will not bring me prosperity. Wishes are good. Wishes are true. But it does not guarantee the prosperity of anybody. The Bible says here, when the righteous are in authority, yeah? The people rejoice. The people will rejoice if the righteous are in power. But when? A wicked man rules, the people groan. But when the wicked man, when a wicked man rules the people groan so again not leading you on for too long i want you to understand that your prosperity lies on who's leading who's in power is what's going to guarantee your prosperity or not and these are words that pt has constantly been saying to us for years these are not new words where the church fought to despise or run away from political power. What they did not know was that they left God wishing. There was no one to bring about the desires of God because they did not understand the spaces of power that God created. God created political positions. God created seats of power. But you see, the kingdom of God is for those who understand it's taken with violence. It's power. It's a fight to get there. God does not raise weaklings. God does not raise people who are going to stay on a bed forever, hoping that their financial position changes. He's going to look and raise. He's actually going to give you words that contend with your being first so that you can learn how to fight. The first fight when we came under leadership that we fought was the fight with the word. If I became familiar or if I became used or if my hands became strong fighting with the word, then I can fight with everything. Do you understand what fighting with the word is? I treated that the other day. You being your greatest adversary. The fact that the word comes not to bring peace first, but to bring the sword. When the word of God comes to our person or to our character, it first draws a sword against us. It challenges us to fight. As it did with Jacob. Jacob met God finally. And what was he first going to do before he was named? He was going to have to fight with the word. He was going to have to struggle with the word. Until one came out of that duel a winner. And I hope that you will allow in all your fights that the word will come out victorious. But we must treat this. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. It's as simple as that. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Let's look at this at the other translation I gave you. Quickly. Voice. Go on. When just, lead, when just leaders are in power, 
the citizens celebrate. Yeah. But when evil people gain control, their joys become moans. When evil people gain control. So look, there's a war between the righteous and the wicked. They are both fighting for power. I've noticed you go and look at powerful people that has lived or still live. You realize that they started fighting financially. People started as entrepreneurs in certain businesses trying to build economic power only so that in their latter years they can begin to, to, to contend for political power knowing that whoever has that power truly has power. These are people trying to gain control. So why would we have soldiers in the hundreds in the wealth family if it does not lead us to a seat of power? Because it's not going to be our wishful thoughts that bring about the prosperity. That's my campaign tonight. It's not going to be how loud Pastor Obi shouts or how, how passionate I am about giving alone. If that is not towards an end, then it's all for no it's all to no avail we are trying to contend for power because it's not wishful thoughts actually it's policies and laws that brings about your prosperity and in case you have not seen it yet if a nation uh, we saw this of Ireland speaking to people in Ireland looking back into their history we realized that for generations for centuries these people will leave Ireland to go and look for for better grounds better opportunities in other nations and for me I thought that was an indictment on their government their government was unable to create an environment to retain its people they lost their people they became weak it is said that they are one of the wealthiest countries in the world yeah but you don't see it in their people it's hidden why because their government did not create a suitable environment for people to remain there when do you understand what i'm saying to you please i want you to hear me God. i want to speak simply to you it is not our wishful thoughts let me tell you something most of our prayers are wishful thoughts if not accompanied with faith works if we are only declaring things but we're not working towards what we have said or what we have come to believe or what we have heard they are only wishful thoughts and again it doesn't matter how much or how long you meditate on these thoughts if we do not act towards them nothing will come of it this is why we've seen people who were passionate believers lose their faith in their latter years lose faith very quickly because they did not know what God was asking or expecting from them. Again, I need to reiterate this point. It's only when certain people are empowered if there will be certain results. So I thought to myself, and it's been and it's clear, we've said it over this nation, the United Kingdom, the current policies and laws, or the lawmakers, let's just say simple, simply, the government, they did not have you in mind I've said this to you before they did not have you in mind in their prosperity plans so every policy and law was made to better them not you the best that we will be able to benefit from this law or this government or this policy will be will be workers to aid others you know I thought again about PT's comment if someone drives a Lambo 
you're already a suspect. Because they've already laid out certain things that makes it, listen to me, predictable who will prosper. I, I may not go into this, but I'll say this point. I realize that prosperity is meant to be predictable. Prosperity, let me do a little diversion. You know, one day Christ came to Peter and he said, come follow me. I guarantee you, if an ordinary, if a person came to you today, not having a crowd around him, told you to come follow him, you most like, most probably will not follow him. So what happened for Peter to be able to follow? I'll go back to my point, but I want to share this. Peter, of course, saw the results that Christ was able to bring. The fact that he was not able, Peter I'm talking about, was not able to catch fish that time around. But Christ was able to. But I don't think that alone won Peter. I think for Christ to look at Peter and to say, come follow me, was actually asking Peter to see if you can see me going somewhere. I think about Pastor Sam. Often of time, oftentimes he has said that the PT that we see today is not the PT he saw years ago. What made him follow? It wasn't a Lambo then because the Lambo was not there. It wasn't the drip because the drip was not there. I can't even say yes is the word, but I think the word and the observation of the word was that in the heart of a pastor Sam, maybe I can say this for him because I can say this, when we saw PT, we didn't see these cars. Luckily for us, so that people won't say, oh, it's because of what he was wearing. No, the word he was speaking and the kind of environment that the word was creating, you can tell that this man was going somewhere. And if I want to go somewhere, it's in followership. This is what God is looking for. This is the reason why we bank greatly on leadership. That the kind of leader that you must be following is someone that you can see going places. Forget what I'm saying with my mouth. You met me. Most of you met me on my mother's couch. From there we moved to one house. Then we moved to this car. Then we moved to that place. Then we got to a place where we're leading tens of houses. This is surely the man speaking to you. It's surely someone going somewhere. So I can boldly say, come follow me. But back to where we're going. Again, if you're going to prosper, it's based on leadership. Who is in power? Who is ruling? When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, what happens? The people grow. Why do I keep repeating this? So that you understand the position of God and the position of men. The reason why I'm repeating this is because if a people will rejoice, it's no longer in the hands of God. I didn't give you this scripture. First Chronicles 17. Let's read this quickly. First Chronicles 17. Read from verse 5. Go on. I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I have moved from one tent site to another, from one dwelling place to another. 
wherever I have moved with all the Israelites. Did Verse I, 7. Now then. Now then, tell my servant David, go on. This is what the Lord Almighty says. This is what the Lord Almighty, how does a God boast his power that we cannot see? The Lord Almighty, yet you cannot change the prosperity of a people. I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm going to say something to you. This is what the Lord Almighty says. What did he say? I took you from the pasture. I took you from the pasture. Yeah. From tending the flock. From tending the flock. And what happened? Appointed you ruler over my people. What makes him powerful? What makes him sovereign? The fact that he appoints. God appoints men in position. Look at what he says. And I appointed you. Yeah. Ruler over my people Israel. Who did he appoint? Talk to me. David, you guys are not listening to me. He appointed David over who? David's people? No, his people. So who had governorship or who had power over the people? It's confusing, isn't it? Because I would have thought it would be better for God to say David was raised for his people. I understand that COD or wealth family is not my people. It's Pastor Toby's people. It's God's people. But power of Pastor Toby is in the fact that he appointed me. It's like if I look at Pastor Elihim and I begin to appoint him, it also speaks of my power. But guess what? And I had to ask IB. I was having a conversation with IB. Do you know in, the, in this nation, there's both the monarch and government? I asked who truly rules you realize that the queen reigns but doesn't rule she has the power to appoint but rulership has is given to the who was appointed so what is the world missing people who has god appointed over space you see the person that god appointed over space they will have to prove let me not go ahead of myself go to the next scripture i've given to you so keep in mind, let's just use the United Kingdom as an example. There's both the king or the queen and then there's the prime minister who issues out the laws, who speaks of them. I thought the queen was in power, but I understand she reigns. You see, a reign can see the appointment of many people. It speaks of a time. It also speaks of domination. But you see, there can be tenures given to people, men who will be given the, the appointment of time to rule. Let me tell you where I'm going with all of this so I don't drag this longer than I need to be. The church is God's government. God reigns in heaven, but he does not rule on earth. Who did he appoint to rule? The church. So what happened is that men, there's been political powers, but for years we lost the we lost the idea we lost the understanding that the church is actually a political party our president right now is a pastor toby we're meant to be pushing an agenda this is god's government the reason why god wrote arose or raised a church here in the united kingdom is to dispose the current government is to provide an alternative to a people that are groaning because his wish is still the prosperity of the people so when he sees people groaning it's simple his man is not in power 
Go to the scripture I gave you. Go on. Isaiah chapter 9. Go on. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom. Do you see what how this scripture starts? Because you know where we're going with this scripture. If I'm speaking to the family, am I still with the family tonight? Yeah, he starts off in order to address the gloom, to in order to address the distress. He's about to tell us who he is appointed. He says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Go on. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun yeah. and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nation. In the future, we have come to meet people in distress, in all kinds of debt, in all kinds of discontentment all over Europe. We have seen one thing is the same. Economic power is what people do not have and it's what people need. We have seen it is common in Ireland as is much in the United Kingdom. We know that this is what God wants to bring to the nations. But he says that in the past, I've had to humble them. They appointed leaders out of their own ignorance. They appointed leaders out of detaching themselves from me. So they could not know who will lead. They vote for people who they should have had the discernment over. Do you know what I realized? There were times that prophets used to walk past you know prophets used to assume political power you know Samuel was the political power in Israel so there were times like in the case of Elijah he will walk past people just to give opportunity for the people to discern who he is a woman one day discerned him and said I think I perceive that this is a holy man of God your appointment of your leadership should be discernment if a person talks to you but you do not have the ability to, dis to discern, you will lose your own power. The end of it is that you will groan. So when they saw a saw, he was tall, he was handsome, he looked ideal. But they didn't know that even though he started well, their end was only going to bring about their groaning. So he says that I've had to humble them out of their ignorance. But in the future, what would he do? He will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. How would he honor them? You know that this is quoting something we will meet later in the New Testament. How did he honor the people, the, Galile um, the Galileans of the nations? How did he honor them? It was a man. He sent a new leader. He sent someone. He appointed a man and he set them. So how did God honor me? He gave me a pastor Toby. I don't deserve a man like that. We don't deserve the words we hear. But God chose to honor us because the end goal is can his people prosper? Why did God raise him from the sheep pen, David? Because he saw how concerned David was for the sheep. It was not a selfish agenda that was driving David. David's heart was being fashioned to be like God's. He was concerned about the people. So when I said in the beginning of this broadcast that you must be careful, we must also correct ourselves so that we, were, we are not shifted away like people that came before us were shifted. How were they shifted? They replaced a selfless agenda with a selfish one. They started to think about me. They started to think about mine. They started to think about my comfort. When God was trying to make you concerned about a people, if he can see that kind of heart, he will put you in power. 
please carry on reading verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. They have seen a great light. You know, we treated this not too long ago. This is why I always say that the conversations, the words that you hear in the nation family are not random words. They're ongoing conversation. You understand now this scripture that you are the light of the world. The people finally, finally found light. They finally found a man that can lead. On those living in the land of deep darkness, what happened? A light has dawned. Keep reading for me. You have enlarged the nation yeah. and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Yeah. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders the rod of their oppressor yeah. every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire now the famous scripture we've always heard verse 6 for to us a child is born for to us a child is born yeah to us a son is given a son is given and what will happen and the government will be on his shoulders and the government will be be on his shoulders do we truly understand what this scripture means read the other translation i gave you was it nlt i think it was read it from verse six read from verse six go on for a child is born to us a son is given to us the government will rest on his shoulders what i want to show you with this is the fact so there's a kingdom let's think of it like this there's a kingdom. God reigns. He's the king of kings. But what does God want to do? He wants to appoint men to represent him. These, what would be their prime duty? To rule. Their duty is to carry out God's desires. Make them into policies that fit the prosperity of their people. So look at what it says here. In the NLT, it says the government will rest on his shoulders. Meaning that the government is not his shoulders. It will be set on it. You know, worldwide, you know, um, especially in the army, in the military, yeah? You know, worldwide, it's accepted that what signifies your authority will be shown on your shoulders, your shoulders is a display of the authority you have. Um, you know, they have ornamental shoulder pieces. Have you seen it? Epaulets. Have you seen it before? What does it do? It represents their authority. Actually, it represents a proven authority. We're going somewhere. It represents an authority that you have been able to prove. You are not given authority until you're first tested. In some cases, you're tested with time. You're tested with trials and, and all kinds of situations. Then you are given some form of authority. So do you know what Christ did? I want you to understand. The three years that he walked with the disciples, he was only proving his authority as son. I thought again about when he was taken into the wilderness. 
he was tested by Satan, right? Talk to me. He was tested by Satan. You know, I've previously seen that as a one isolated situation. It only lasted 40 days. Until I realized, like we've said before, and sorry if this sounds deep, I'll try to make it simple. 40 days, 40 years, whatever, always represented a generation. Meaning, in this case, all that Christ was being tested of in the wilderness was actually a summary of all that he would do on earth. He will be tested, proved, if he's the son. Do you remember how the tested started? If you are the son of God, command this stone to turn into bread. Satan was not trying to harm him. Satan was trying to... I don't want to sound like I'm always preaching about Satan, but the scripture shows that he was trying to help prove that this man here is the son. Take that however you want to take it. What I'm trying to show you, therefore, with Isaiah 9 verse 6, is that what Christ came, Christ no longer rules. He appointed men to rule. What he did was that he tried to create a government upon his own authority. He's trying to create. Do you understand that? Christ came. If that's too far-fetched, you look at Pastor Toby. We are being able, as the world family, as the movement church, we go to all the nations. We're meant to rule as a government, but based on someone's authority that's been proven. So for 17 years, PT has been proven as a son. He has been proven as God's man. What did he then do? What, is, what are the 12 families? God's government. What are we meant to take to the people? A set of policies and laws that will guarantee their prosperity. Again, I need you to remember that praying and spitting, you know when we're praying, laying hands, spitting over people, it will not bring any change if that does not cause you to go out and fight for the place of power. <laughs> it does not guarantee anything. What is God doing with the family? I want to make it as simple as possible. What is God doing with the churches, all the houses, all the families? We're local government authorities. We're meant to take. So I realized that giving became a policy for us. It became a law for us. But then it was proven over time to guarantee your prosperity there was a time where our housing system became a law became a policy for us but then we were hit with covid and we realized that our housing system enabled us to grow in prosperity more it protected us from the pestilence that dealt with the world none of us has been injured by it been harmed by it we swallowed it like this bible says we will drink poison but it will do us no harm because we are God's government. What is God trying to raise us as? A government, a place where we can give people, or first of all, we can relay God's desires. We can lay out laws and policies so that a people, the prosperity that God so wishes for people may come into fruition. So this is the reason why we fight for power every business we do every house that we have under the wealth family is only ending up to be governmental spaces 
so that anyone that says that they want to join themselves to a house of influence what they will actually come to know are certain what makes us a government is that we live by certain policies we live by certain laws do you see how finicky we are on a Thursday when there's the presidential address that no one should be missing there because we are being read certain laws that will guarantee us our prosperity every word conference we are being given a set of laws in case what I'm saying sounds too wild we're being given a set of instructions that if we live by it we prosper that's why we always have said it to many people every word you hear make sure you detail down your instructions because that's what's going to guarantee your prosperity remember the bible says whoever takes heed to these instructions will prosper so what is the world missing god's representatives people that will speak for him people that will be with him and he's sharing his desires and they will put it in a practical way for the people. So I realized when we're going to nations, it's not everywhere that we will hold a mic and preach. You know, the parliament meets, yeah, they discuss things. Laws are decided, policies are made. How often are you there? Are you in the presence when they're doing it? When they're making these policies, are you there? But does it affect you? So I understand that when we're speaking like this, we're creating laws and policies. The world don't need to be here. You know, as, as zealous Christians, we were always saying we want the world to hear the word. Yet God was the one that separated his government from everyone else. Genesis 1, quickly, verse 26. You know, Adam and Eve, or the mankind that he created there, was his government. Then God said what? Let us make mankind in our image. Let us make mankind in our image. This was God's government. We have been taught. You know, the question, one of the questions that came was, if it was only Adam and Eve, how did everyone come from just them two? You know, we used to ask ourselves those questions. I even saw it on Instagram one day on, um, um, I don't know if it was Chop Daily. You know, I've started watching Chop Daily Bear. I don't know why. But some of these places where you see bear rules, or a lot of rules, sorry. You see someone asking, trying to ask a very good question. They were like, if it's only Adam and Eve, how did everyone come? We realized, because we're enlightened from years ago, that Adam and Eve were not the only people made. There were people outside of Eden that existed, but the world don't have access to. Until we understand these scriptures in our lives, it makes no sense. You see SPAC Nation, Nation Family, you see Wealth Family, you see these grounds, they exist, but not everyone has access to it. Not everyone is meant to come into the four walls. If not, we will never be able to take the world. There will always be many more people than what a, a space can take. So God calls a people together. He says from Mount Zion, the law will come. Things like this. So he brings us together and he keeps reading his heart to us. 
we keep hearing Apostle Toby and then it's we word ourselves into certain things that become laws do you understand that so again PT started off with a trap house housing people who could not have houses for themselves people who could not feed themselves he fed but you see eventually we realized through word in our way it became a law but it guaranteed prosperity so look Christ or God here separated a people in Eden he says let us make mankind yeah in our image to represent us an image only represents you right let us make mankind to represent us. Go on. In our likeness. For what reason? So that they may rule. God um, is looking for people. So when God separated us from the world, truthfully, not all your friends can come into this house, but they should all be affected by what's going on in this house. The word should have provided a change in the way we do things and the way we live so that then eventually everything we do when we enter campaign seasons things like mobilizing for a life influence church or mobilizing for a royal lives exhib exhibition when we're campaigning like we do what we're actually doing is voicing out the things that made us prosper putting out in display what makes us prosper so that they may be affected by it i understand now not all the world do you understand what i'm saying to you not everyone can come into the house of god but they must be affected by it they must know the power that we have so that they may rule over the fish in the sea yeah and the birds in the sky yeah. over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along Verse the 27 so god created mankind in his own image. so god only created you the creation of this family was only so that he can have people that represent him if if there's god and there's no representative then there's a void and who would assume the spaces of rulership wicked people people who do not know the desires of god if God's word was so important that it should be taught to the whole world, then everyone should have been in Eden. God used to visit Adam and Eve and speak only to them when there was people all over the face of the earth. Christ even addressed this. The disciples asked him one day, he says, why do you only reveal yourself to us? And he gave them the reason. We won't go into that tonight. But what I'm saying is that the 11 that were called aside were called to represent him. Truly, they were meant to go into the world as God. They were meant to represent him. So you would see quickly when Christ created the church, when Peter rose to being the leadership leader of the church, you saw them being an alternative government. That's why they threatened. That's why they were under all kinds of persecution because they threatened what existed their existence challenged what existed so what are we meant to do we're meant to keep wording we're meant to keep giving we're meant to keep soul winning or giving life until this government becomes the government we're meant to assume what was david david for 13 years we believe was given the oil or he was appointed as king but guess what happened that authority given to him must be proved so for 13 years he was having to prove that he was king. There were going to be people discontented, in debt, and in all kinds of distress. 
they will have to be united with David and David's engagement with them being a bandit being a fugitive all these years was only proven that he was a king until the people realized and do you know that it was the people that made them king if you read scripture do you know that eventually at the age of 30 they realized that he was king why because he proved his authority i'm actually trying to say to us tonight that the where we're going with all of this is that we are governmental churches forget saying churches we're actually god's government and what we're doing is as we're wording as we're doing all of these things god is exposing or he's proven the authority that this government has been set upon you want to read something go on psalms 8 in the tpt verse 5 go on yet what honor have you given to men created only a little lower than elohim crowned with glory and magnificence this guy spoke this for us you know i wish we could have a camera so we could just show his face you have delegated to them rulership over all you have made do you see so when we said if god was so good why does these things happen no they happen not as an indictment to god but to us we didn't rise we didn't enter spaces the churches our predecessors never told us that what we're fighting for is a seat what was david fighting for a seat the disciples looked at Jesus upon when he was about to leave they were asking are we going to take the kingdom so everything that Christ was teaching the disciples all those years was with the agenda of taking a seat what are we aiming for so the hundreds of people gathered to me or gathered to us is eventually to bring us to a place of power so that the world can have an alternative government I said to myself thinking an island does not need to forever be emigrating leaving their nation we just need to set up a government there now the problem is when we talk about government you're going to think that we're constrained to a geographical location christ actually told us about this kingdom this government you cannot say it's here or there the lands that we govern over are people so we can extend the government of the nation family to spain it can be as much as it is here nation family it can be likewise there but what is god looking for people that he can appoint people that understand that when a pt laid hands on you and called you a pastor he gave you a fight for a seat what we're fighting for is the government we're fighting for a place where when we have you see david why could god um, raise him as king he knew that his agenda was people not himself God knows that when we are raised to places of power, I want to round up now, so I want you to get ready. When God raises us to places of power, he knows that we're not looking for having a car. You hear someone just saying, get me a car, get me a car. You're a person that is not ready to lead, but you will not have because your destiny is to be a leader. Do you understand that? So God has to wean us or prune us until selfishness is completely drained out. Until all that is found in us is a selfless character. We understand that the church was only the start-up point for us to end up being a governor. You look at Joseph, every relationship he had with God, every relation, God showed him that he will rule. But that was still a wish of God. It was still God's wishes if joseph will stay with the word then that word will word him into a place of rulership 
there he will begin to cause people who should have been dying of hunger he will cause them to rejoice because he can have food he can provide food so where are we going what is the church this government God's government that will keep pushing until they become the government I'm actually telling you when PT was saying that we will lead nations is because that's the trajectory that's the lifespan that's what the church is meant to become a government you see what the church became in Peter's day they had the biggest food bank widows can come why were they coming to Peter if the government that currently existed could provide them food the current the current government was only looking out for themselves so what is pastor Ruth becoming a government she's a government the city welfare is a government everything we're doing today is out of the word so why do we keep with the word because God is looking for a man that will serve as his representative if the world will keep asking questions like where is God like Gideon asked Gideon was given the answer I am I am here if you're here he, Gideon was saying where's the God where's the miracles of old the issue is that there was no judge at that time and the judge had to be a man so I'm saying to the world family when we're going out into the nations we're not going to be satisfied or, or, or going on holiday we have received a word we have received a desire when PT reads to us saying that God is looking for the prosperity for people to love God and for their prosperity he's reading to us God's desires he is forming us as a government then when we go out there we go with the agenda with the flag behind us of the nation family guaranteeing that any nation the it doesn't matter how dark or how gloom it is it doesn't matter how great the sound of despair is when we come there we already know what to put in place because for years we have been under a certain doctrine this doctrine caused a boy a man not a boy a man who was sleeping on his mother's couch whose wardrobe was a shoebox to lead houses tens of houses we know that this word works and this word is irregardless it functions irregardless of your flaws what the world needs is for us to go and begin to read out these same laws and policies I left Ireland with a certain resolve that we truly can take this world it's in our hands to take that's what I came back to say to you and as the world family or the movement church goes out into all the nations it's us bringing the best of the whole nation you will see everyone from every family there because we are forming God's government and God's government is not constrained to a geographical location so as we worship with the Livingstone nation what I want you to have the conviction of is that you are God's representative to the nations you are God's government you started off as church but you'll be political heads nation leaders that's where we're ending up and don't worry about what you think you don't know just stay under the word because the word is the only transportation to that seat I want you to worship wherever you are